0: We have a couple people uh, still coming in here, but good morning, everyone. See, this is why I have to do these things. I don't want to do these things, but that was maybe the worst good morning I've ever heard, and I don't want you to try again. You already lost. (laughs) So what we're gonna do instead uh, is an activity that I love to start sessions with for a couple of reasons. The first is um, you're sitting next to somebody you don't know. You're gonna get to meet them. Um, Two, You are, it's the first thing in the morning, it's the first session, and a lot of you are like, I think this seems like a good place to sit for an hour, let breakfast settle, maybe I need another coffee. So what I'm going to do, and you guys will be welcome to get all your stuff back out in a second, but if you have a laptop on your lap, can you just put it under your chair for a moment? Or on your seat, because you're going to be standing here in a moment. Um, What I'm going to introduce you guys to is the most fun you're going to have this week in five minutes. So what this is called, some of you may have done this, but I haven't seen it done very many places, is something called Ultimate Rock, Paper, Scissors. Has anybody played this before? A couple? Not very many. OK, so how this works is I'm going to have everybody stand up when it's time, not, not time yet. I'm going to have everybody stand up. And you're just going to find the person closest to you. And you're going to play a game of Rock, Paper, Scissors. Now, I have to ask, does anyone not know what Rock, Paper, Scissors is? Usually, everybody knows. That guys. is a, you're already out. Um, So everybody knows what rock, paper, scissors is. So you're gonna stand up and you're gonna play against the person immediately closest to you. It can be your buddy or whatever. And you're gonna go one, two, three, shoot. This is very important. It's one, two, three, shoot. So everybody's on the same page. And on shoot, you're gonna do scissors or rock or paper. Okay? And then one of you is gonna win. And the winner is gonna try and find another winner. Somebody else that won. And the loser does not get to sit down and check their email What they get to do instead is they get to take an opportunity to be the winner's biggest fan. I want applause, I want cheering, I want excitement. And what's going to happen is those two winners are going to get together and they're going to battle it out. And then one winner will emerge from that group and now they'll have three people cheering for them. And then they're going to find another winner and another winner and another winner. And thanks to math, we're going to end up with two people. So it'll it'll go really, really fast. You'll be very surprised. If you have one and you can't find somebody, just raise your hand and we'll we'll get the people together. And when we end up with those two final people, we're gonna bring them up on stage for the finale, at which point there will be half the room that loves one person and half the room that loves another person, and this room will be loud, and someone will come in and say, Is everything okay? It's gonna be awesome. Okay? So what we're gonna do is I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven sections. So what we're going to do is that section's lighter, so I'm going to make you guys part of this half. So there's a line right here. Nobody crossed this line. Everybody on this half play each other. Everybody on this half play each other. And then we'll merge down to it. we have one winner from each side. Okay? So we're going to do this very, very quickly. Go. Stand up. Find an opponent. Let's get our winners together. Got one here. Guys, right behind you. All right, right, how many winners do we have left? from this half? Come on up on stage. Do we have our winner from this half? We have one winner left. Come on up on stage. Welcome to the stairs. There's no steps. I'll help you out. Joshi, nice to meet you. Joshi? Joshi. Joshi, Joshi. Yeah. okay. What's your name? Bob. Bob, nice to meet you. All right, guys, so we have Yoshi? Yeah. Sh- Shoshi, yeah. Shoshi? Over here. And we have Bob over here. Right? All right, all right. So bring it here together in front. Now, I want this to be a clean fight, no hitting below the belt. (laughs) All right? This is is Vegas. So we're going to battle for the final winner. Ready? Winner! Thank you. Congratulations. All right. So that took four minutes, that was awesome guys, thank you so much. I hope everybody had a little fun, you've got a little energy going now. This is what we needed, this is great. So now we're going to talk about how voice is moving higher ed. What we're doing in higher ed, how things are changing, how things are moving. Um, And the important part of this session has nothing to do with me or what I'm going to say. We're also going to bring up um, a gentleman from Arizona State University. They're going to talk about the things that they're doing with Alexa today on their campus. Uh, And then we're also going to bring someone up from Canvas who's going to talk about how they use their software with Alexa as well and how that all ties together in an education space. Okay, So very, very quickly around Alexa, I want to make sure you guys know what's going on, what the pieces and parts are. Um, On the left hand side, I have the Alexa skills kit. If you guys aren't familiar with this, this is what you use in order to build skills for Alexa. This is how you make her smarter, how you give her more information, how you teach her to do things. Um, so I have a couple of skills I've built, one that's not terribly relevant now called Games Back. It's for Major League Baseball teams. You ask it your favorite team, and it tells you how many games behind first place they are. And if they're in first place, of course, it tells you that as well. Um, but there's lots of those kinds of little things that you could be building skills for Alexa. That's what the Alexa Skills Kit is. The right side, the Alexa voice service, is when you build hardware, and you want to put Alexa inside that hardware. So you want to make a toaster, let's say, and you want to have a toaster that can talk to your, your customers, um, the Alexa voice service is something you can install directly on your own chipboard or whatever. Um, it works great on a Raspberry Pi and a number of other devices. And you can take that software, run it there, and as long as you have a microphone and an internet connection, you should be able to have Alexa running on your own hardware. So that, that's the left and the right hand side. On the bottom, we have a a wide array of integrations with Smart Home. Um, So that's kind of where all of Alexa's vision started, was the idea of being in the home. And so that's a a very rich, robust ecosystem now. Um, And then finally, the Alexa Fund. Um, If you guys haven't heard of the Alexa Fund, this is a bunch of money that we've put aside to help fund companies that are building things around voice. And so the Alexa Fund is a a very, very interesting thing to take a look at as well. Uh, So let's talk about specifically Alexa and education. The first thing I want to talk about is students. Um, As most of you know, I made a a quick tour around the room before we got started. And I found a lot of you are here because you're in higher education. Some of you are here because you're very interested in Alexa and you want to see what's going on in higher ed. But a lot of you are working directly in the higher ed field. And so I think it's really interesting for all of you. You already know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Students are always going to be the ones that have the, the newest, coolest, most unique innovation. Me, as a 41-year-old man, I like to think that I have a lot of new novel ideas. Those are the ones that students are throwing away as dumb, right? Those are the ones that no one will ever use and aren't terribly interesting. But students, they have the time and the energy and the capacity to really innovate and put stuff together. And so we're really excited about what's going on with students and how all of that stuff really works. And we've built a bunch of programs um, to help embrace all of that. So we have things like Hack the Dorm and Hack Your World. Um, we've partnered with uh, Major League Hacking to make sure that students have lots and lots of opportunities to get involved and take this thing to the next level. In addition, um, we're working with a handful of schools on something called the Alexa Prize. And this is something that we have partnered up with, like I said, with a bunch of universities. And they are building very specific skills that the general idea behind these is that they can hold a conversation for 20 minutes on any topic. So you can start a conversation with it, and it will continue to roll with you if you want to talk politics or sports or whatever. The idea is the bots that sit behind the Alexa Prize are things that you could have a conversation with for 20 minutes. That's the goal. And if you'd like to try this, all you need to do on your device is say, Alexa, let's chat. We're muted up here. That's good. Okay. so by saying, Alexa, let's chat, you'll get fed into one of those bots automatically, and you can see what those conversations look like and how that stuff works. All right, so we talked a little bit about students and how they're kind of the lifeblood of innovation. Um, But there's also professors, right? There's the people that are doing the instruction in schools. And if we don't have an opportunity to help them understand how this stuff works and why it's important, um, then students may not get access to the things that they need. And so as we think about professors, we have built a wide variety of resources for them to be able to take advantage of this. We have a very active, vibrant GitHub repo at github.com Alexa that has tons of tutorials and demos and samples and all sorts of stuff. If you want to use this in your curriculum, we make it very, very easy to do that. And we've also started something called the Alexa Fund Fellowship, um, where we've started working with um, curriculum to help people move this stuff forward as, as they embrace voice in education. So the last piece that I want to talk about is IT admins, that the people that are working inside the educational space, they're the ones that have access to the data and the APIs and all of the other endpoints that are interesting to students and all of the other people that kind of wrap around the educational system. And so we've made it super easy. If you have a third party API, building a skill for Alexa that consumes and digests uh, the interactions with that API is very, very easy to do. And you can see that there are lots of schools doing lots of things. Um, that aren't just specifically like, hey, play some music for me or tell me about my grades, but it's also like, what parking lots are available, or give me the directory of teachers, or when is this building open, those kinds of things. So all of these pieces come into a a major part of this play as as we go through this. So that's my quick little intro on kind of where we're going in the educational space, but now I'd like to introduce John Rome. Uh, He's here from Arizona State University, and he's going to take you guys uh, on a little trip through what they're doing at Arizona State to, to work with Alexa. So I'll hand this off to him. Thank you, John. All right. Thanks. All right.
1: I like the energy. And of course, I brought one of my good friends along. Have you guys used these before or seen these before? These are called Echo Dots. I'm sure you have. So the technology all worked beforehand. So cross our fingers. Alexa, good morning.
2: It's not. Good a morning. Mute. It's Cyber Monday, or as I like to call it, shop from workday. According to one study, online sales peak at 11:25 a.m. Eastern Time. I can only imagine what the virtual lunch lines are like at noon.
1: Oh, that's good. So I'm seeing a few computers. I'm, are you ordering stuff online? You look like you might be on this day. You sure? Okay. Well, anyway, this is this is my friend. In fact, my wife thinks that I like th- her better than than my wife, and I think that's probably true. So, anyway. I love the rock, paper, scissors. I'm going to steal that idea. So let's ask Alexa. Rocks, paper, scissors. Alexa. Rocks, paper, scissors.
2: Okay, let's play. Three, two, one. Paper.
1: Okay, I I lose. Looks like we're going to have a little, little bit of delay, but we'll work it out. So anyway, I'm from Arizona State University. We're in the Phoenix metropolitan area. How many of you have been to Phoenix or heard about Arizona State? All right, awesome. All right, and I have a few homies in the house here, so a few of them, and he almost won the, Bob almost won the uh, rock, paper, scissors, so almost, Bob, that was good. But anyway, we're in the Phoenix metropolitan area. We have over 100,000 students. We're really a big place, and clearly technology plays a role in ASU of how do we scale? And we've, we're, we're trying to become the first voice-enabled campus. And you'll see a little bit, uh, uh, little bit later about how we're doing that. But when we think about Arizona State University, we're really focused on, we're really focused on student success. We're really focused on access, accessibility. We're also focused on, on sustainability. We're also focused on, guess what? Innovation. And, guess, and if you look at this next slide here, guess who's number one in innovation for the last three years in a row? ASU, and there's some, that's some good company up there too, Stanford and MIT, right? And I, I heard that if you don't have this slide, you either your library card gets taken away or you get fined. So we have to always say that ASU is number one in innovation. So some of you might have heard that in this last fall, um, in a partnership with Amazon, we, uh, we were able to give, in a new residence hall on campus, 1,500 engineering students dots. And I think that the project was a success. And as you can see, the, um, the press that we got on this was, was, was pretty crazy, and the students actually just love it. And I'll, I'll show you some survey results in a minute, but let me just, there's a little uh, video that we put together for that. Let's see if it works.
2: Hey Alexa, when was Arizona State University founded? Arizona State University formed in 1885.
3: The- Amazon Echo Dot uses skills and we have a handful of ASU skills that already exist. And a skill, just like an app, is something that you go to download and then once you have it activated, you use it on your Echo. So Amazon Dot is going to be really cool for the dorms. I'm really interested to see what all the freshmen will be making with them, especially them being engineers. I can see what they'll be integrating with these.
2: Who's Albert Einstein? Albert Einstein was a German-born theoretical physicist.
3: We have everything from games. You can play Dungeons and Dragon type games, you can play um, detective type games, all through using these skills, as well as other things like setting a timer or getting recipes to cook.
4: I feel like it encourages people to learn a little bit more about how it works. It's gonna be encouraging for people to know how to program, to know with the inner workings of a small apparatus that holds so much knowledge.
3: There's a really awesome opportunity to have engineers who are going to school to learn how to tinker with things, to make things better, to break it apart and make it better. And that's what we do as engineers and that's what we do as a res college is we help students see you can create anything. That's why we have the building that we have. And so the technology bringing into it is another piece where a student can say, this is something that someone created and I want to make it better and I want to create skills, and I want to be an entrepreneur, and I want to be an engineer.
2: Hey, Alexa, what's your favorite color? Infrared is super pretty.
1: All right, anyway, that's a, that's a great story. Um, and so, so in addition to providing these echo dots to our students, we also um, rolled out our, our first official ASU skill. And so you'll see it up on the screen here, what are some of the things that we included on the skill? So, At first, when we started tinkering, it was really about We call them one and done's. What are some questions and some answers? But we realized that the novelty of that would 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 clearly like sort of go away after a while. And so we realized that we should focus on things like events. Students want to know what concerts are happening, what games are happening around campus. We also, as we did some surveys to a pilot group, they also wanted to know business hours. You know, how late is the is the gym open? How late is the library open? How how late is the memorial union open? And in addition to some financial aid questions, which a lot of students had, they also wanted to know about the academic calendar. And so that's really where we focused our energy and time on, on building out our skill. And I'll tell you a little bit more and do a demo here in a minute. And if you want to learn more about the skill, go out to ask.asu.edu, and you can learn a little bit about the skill and how to download it. And I, and I, I encourage you to do that. But I, but I think it's bigger than just you know, a web page and this one particular skill. I think that on our campus, we're realizing that Voice is gonna be the future. When you think about a voice, you can speak 150 words a minute versus maybe text 40 words a minute. And so clearly, this is gonna be the form factor. Those of you who have, who have Echoes, you realize, you know, I, I no longer wanna go turn on the TV. I no longer wanna turn on my lights in my house. I wanna turn on my, my irrigation system on the outside. It's all voice enabled. So we think it's inevitable that this is gonna happen, and then also figuring out how do we make for that change. And so clearly there's a lot. When you think about every web page out there that's not voice-enabled, if you think about every, every uh, looking at our directory and finding information about our staff, there's to be a long paragraph, and I'm gonna fall asleep about, sleep sort of listening to, to the Echo or Alexa tell me that. So, so a lot of things that we'll have to work on, but we, we clearly f- realize and feel that this is gonna be part of the future out there. All right, so. Let's try some uh, another demo. Alexa, open ASU. Is anybody getting nervous for me or? Okay. Keep it one more minute.
2: Welcome to the official Arizona State University Skill. You can use the skill to find out about ASU.
1: Uh-oh. Uh, that looks
2: Sorry, like- your Echo Dot lost its connection. Oh. <laughs> Who can I complain
1: to right here? Let's try it again. Let's give it one more second. You know, it's kind of hard when you do an Echo demonstration and it kind of dies. We actually have like three of them up here. They're like backups. Alexa, open ASU.
2: Welcome to the official Arizona State University skill. You can use the skill to find out about ASU events to attend, business hours for popular ASU businesses and buildings, frequently asked academic calendar dates, or random ASU facts. How can I help you?
1: Alexa, how many books are in our library?
2: ASU has 4.5 million books in eight libraries and remote storage. In fact, I have read all of them except those that haven't been scanned electronically. How else may I help you?
1: Alexa, tell me about events.
2: What type of event? Sports. For when?
1: This Saturday.
2: There are a total of six sports events Saturday. Here are the first three events. On December 1st, Pac-12 Wrestling, Las Vegas Invite, time to be announced, off campus. On December 2nd, Pac-12 Men Swimming and Diving, Texas Invitational, from 12 a.m. to 3 a.m., off campus. Pac-12 Women's Basketball, ASU Classic, time to be announced, at Tempe Campus. Would you like to hear more? No. Okay, how else may I help you?
1: Alexa. Alexa. What is the Curtain of Distraction?
2: During Sun Devil basketball games, the Curtain of Distraction is used by the ASU student section to divert opposing players' concentration during free throws. You should have seen Michael Phelps come out of the Curtain in his speedo during the ASU-Oregon State game in January 2016. It was epic. How else may I help you?
1: Alexa, who is number one in innovation?
2: Arizona State University, obviously. How do you think I'm able to answer all of your questions? How else may I help you?
1: Okay, last one. Alexa, show me some spirit.
2: Go devils.
4: All right.
1: Oh, you guys get the idea. Alexa, stop. Alexa, stop. You guys are all making me nervous up here. Stop. (laughs) So so some of you might have noticed, especially when we ask about events, that we had the the ability to have that dialogue out there. And so what we ended up doing, we realized that there was an events API out there. So we took advantage of, of using that events API out there and building around it. And I think that was one of the lessons that we learned is that you know, try to get as much of the information you have, either as an API or in a database, that would make, make life much easier. So a lot of things that we, we originally started hard coding, a lot of the values in, and now as we start getting along with the semester, we're gonna have to change those things. And um, we're in the process of doing that right now, but you'll notice that as often as possible, if there is some type of an a- API event, you take advantage of that and it's gonna make your life much easier. And we also found out that we had to actually work with some of the vendors who provide these APIs to, to make it so it's a little voice enabled as well. So it looks like there might be a few technology folks in the room. I, it gives you a little bit of idea of our technology that, that we have in place. I don't think there's anything really new up there. I think some of the things that I, I think that we've done that are good is we actually set up an individual, uh, sort of a dedicated Amazon account where we can kind of put all of our Alexa development. So we have some IT service, um, IoT services that we're using, as well as we're using some database um, um, database um, for, to store some, some results out there. As well as we're using S3 to store all of our audio files, our videos, and our images as well. So I think that was a good idea to sort of collaborate and put this all together. And then you can see we have access to some ASU systems as well. So we also did a survey of those 1,500 students out there, and we got some really great results back. And as you can see, you know, first of all, do they like the dots? And so it was nice to see almost 80% of the students like the dots out there, and they like having that free thing so they can set alarms, they can play music, and also use the skill as well. We also asked them, we were curious, like, how often do you end up using them? And I don't think this is a surprise. If I did my math right, 63% of them use it every, every, every few days, which I, which I think is good. And there's, there's also a large amount of students who are using it daily, whether they're using it, we're finding out they're using it to call home. Um, primarily timers and music, that's what we're hearing that they're using that for in the surveys that we've had. We're also finding out that students—and this is what we're really, we're really hoping for—students are actually building skills out there, and that's great. So you see that there's there was 19, 19 students who are already built a skill or are building skills, as well as there's a, a bunch of interest in continuing that as well. In fact, this is one of our students, Carter, who built the first skill and published it out in the store called the Tucker House. So he ended up getting a public calendar, and you can now find out what's happening in this residence hall out there, and that's great. And you can see. We also bought him a show, so he could also make it show-enabled as well. And guess what? He also got a job. So he's now going to be working for our team. Um, so find some talent and hire him. That's what we can say. <laughs> anyway, it's a great story. And then we also asked the question, are you, are you interested in building skills? And, and clearly, there's a lot of students who want to build skills out there. So. Early in the year, we're going to have some programs. We'll either bring in some Amazon folks or provide this type of information so they can start building skills out there. So, clearly, a lot of energy. And when you walk over to this residence hall and you ask anyone about, about them, they're just really excited about it. You ask them how they use it. Um, some of the things we didn't expect is that everyone else, every other student, all, all almost 90, 99,000 students are asking, Where are our dots at? So, that's something we'll have to figure out as well. But anyway, Looking at some of the ways that they're using the dots out there, clearly they're using our skill. You'll see that they're primarily using about events. I think the next two are kind of skewed because everyone seems to like those, or those are some prompts that we have for them. And they're also asking, you know, what time do buildings, particular buildings, close? So that's how they're they're using the skill right now. And so part of our challenge is how do we continue to add content that it really doesn't really become a novelty that they continue to use this skill. And then we're also in the process of building many other skills as well. So really, what are our students looking for? And this was great to have surveys. We were hoping that somehow we could capture all of the questions that Alexa couldn't happen for the skill, but um, we, we weren't were able to do that. But what students are asking for right now, um, I'm sorry, students are looking for right now. So They're looking for directions. They want to know, how do, we're a big campus. How do I get to particular places around campus? What's the fastest route? And I also want that text to me. We're also finding out that they want to know dining hours, what's, what's on the menu, and so here's a case where there is no published information, or very little information, and how do we work with our, our vending, our, our food vendors to provide that type of information. An interesting one, they wanted to know about emergency alerts, so we have, we have a couple apps out there where they get that information now, but they thought the Alexa could be a nice, a, a nice vehicle to do that. They're asking about class schedule, they're asking about uh, faculty office hours. Um, tutor locations and time, grades, homework, and next quiz date, and it's interesting our next presenter will probably tell us how to maybe do that. Um, more financial aid questions they want to do. They also want to do countdown to the holidays, or to breaks, And so, so of course these are students. So this is a great, maybe this is. we should tell students this is an app that you should build out there if everyone wants to know that. Um, we're also seeing they want to get a little bit into the home automation, they want to turn off lights, and so we're looking at how to maybe provide some lights in these new residence halls. And also, of course, to read our emails, like everyone wants to do. So what are our key learnings from this exercise? Um, clearly, we're finding out that we're, we need to move from a GUI to a VUI, VUI mindset. That, that's clearly the case. And we have to really rethink everything about knowledge-based articles to our web pages, um, and then figure out, how do we get to be a voice-enabled campus? Um, we also realize that we need to bring in a lot of folks other than the technologists to do this. So at first, we did a lot of technologists, but we realized, first of all, we have to hear the voice of the customer. So we had the ability to talk to our students to tell us what they want. And then we took the time to, to um, find, um, I call them linguists, but we're really looking for, for, for we actually hired some students you know, who have great writing skills. So they have the ability to go out there and provide that context. So I think there's a, a combination of folks that need to get together to help make these skills great, great out there. We also build um, QA into the process, so you can imagine a lot of testing that needs to go on, especially like, say, for the event, API, the event API. A lot of testing that you would think, how do you do yesterday? How do you do next week? How do you make that all work and go? Also, the feedback loop is critical. And as I said, surveys that survey, we actually gave away an echo show in the survey, which was probably why we got the 300 responses. But that was, that was actually priceless for us to realize what they want, how they're using it, and the behaviors. And we'll probably do that, do that probably every semester as we move forward there. Um, as I said, we talked about building with an enterprise um, sort of mindset, uh, making sure that we put all this within a, an AWS account. Um, we also found it was very important. This was a lot of advice from the Amazon f- folks who said, when you build the skill, make it persistent. You know, Don't make it where I ask a question and it answers and you're done. How do you build this dialogue? And I, and I think that was great advice for us to use, and every skill now, we have sort of a base skill that we build this interactive model to make things happen out there. Um, th- the other thing is um, branding has paid off, and so you'll see up here, you can hardly see it, but you'll notice with the Tooker Hall, we had we built a skin for it. This is something we're putting in our athletic uh, stadium suites, and we have a few, other that, few others that we built, so instead of just having this black dot that everyone has, we actually took the time to, to build a template and skills, and it's a little bit expensive to get it done, but we think it's been well worth the price to have, skin, have skins out there to sort of brand this project that we're doing. Or as we pull, bring out new skills, here's one way to sort of identify what we're doing. Um, also, We also had to make some trade-offs. We just, we're a Python shop, and so you know, early on, I was really nervous where most of, the, most of the examples you find online are really around Node.js. And our team wanted to build it in Python. And I think in the end, even though we've had to build some extra code, I think our ability to move faster, I think, is happening with Python out there. Um, and then the, you know, we also have, you know, in July, you'll notice that they, they released something called the Echo Show. And so now we have to, as I said, we have to be prepared to pivot. And so now every skill we built, we're also building it for this show. Um, and then um, you know, we think that Voice is the new mobile out there. So what's in, what's on, what's coming? So we clearly, we last weekend we put, we, we keep on improving our football suites up there. How do, we, how do we make a room become totally voice enabled? They no longer have to use the remotes out there. We're working on that. We're also about ready to release a directory search skill, which we're really excited about, having the ability to go up, Look in the search in the directory, bring up their photo if, if you have an echo, but also sort of bring back information about either it's a faculty member or staff. So that's about ready to be certified. Um, we're also looking on, we have a lot of public spaces that we're going to be using, putting them in. Historical markers is a project that's kicking off for that. Um, we also have some interesting classroom spaces. How do we actually control the classroom? the projectors, how do we turn on and off the lights in the particular room, as well as we're, you know, how do I call for help. So we have a, a prototype right now where you can ask for help. It sends it to a Slack channel in our help desk and you can actually respond um, quickly to helping out the faculty member who's in the particular classroom. Also, parking and trafficking, the digital signage. We have 180 digital signages, signage locations around campus. Wouldn't it be nice to go up there and ask, ask these monitors about directions and see a visual, so we have a prototype working there. Um, And then now we're actually working, you know, this is all nice, but how do we then introduce this into the curriculum? And this is what I'm probably most excited about. How do we start, you know, how do we start making this happen? And so we're actually taking a very popular website, Ask a Biologist, We're, we're echo enabling that particular website, and then we're also working with some faculty members of how do we augment the curriculum? How do we provide next spring a few examples where if everything from I want to know everything on the syllabus to how do I do some test prep? And we think the Alexa could be a, a platform there. And it, you know, we also found out that our president has 12 or 11 Echo Dots in his house. And so when the president asks you, what are you doing around curriculum, the answer can't be we're teaching it in our programming classes how to do Echo Skills. That wasn't a good enough answer. He goes, how are we actually integrating this into our curriculum, which, which we're, we're working figuring out how does that happen, and so inevitably it will happen. As well as we're integrating with the show, integration with Alexa as well, how does that maybe become the corpus of all the information, and then you know we could use that for chatbots, then also move that content out to the Alexa. And then, also just to give you an idea, this is what's next, and so this is our, our smart stadium suite, and as you can see, it's really focused around the Alexa, making it, making it voice-enabled out there. And all, all this is pretty much powered by by Amazon. And you can see on the far right there, um, actually when you have ASU play the fight song, that'll actually light up and woot lights will go on as well. So that's when you saw The IoT services are out there as well. And if you notice on the far left, this isn't echo related, but we built out a recognition, using the recognition service out there, you can walk up to an individual, uh, a camera, and it'll tell you who you most look like. So I look like Jack Nicholson. So I like to believe I look like Jack Nicholson. So. Anyway, a few more pictures, then I'm going to hand it off. There you go. Try to make our smart stadium or a smart, a smart suite. You can see an example there where this is all voice enabled. You can watch the game and get stats. As well as, in this case, we have some trivia as well. All right. All
0: right thank you, John. I, know, uh, I know that uh, several of you will probably have some questions. And we're going to save those till the end. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll allow you guys to come up and, and chat with our, our guest speakers. Um, so the, the last piece I was talking earlier about students, professors, and IT admins, the last piece uh, that we're going to dive into is the idea of ed techs, right, the people that are managing a lot of this infrastructure and um, educational data uh, that's moving through the system. So I have a few examples of those things here. Um, and some skills that have been built, right? Knowledge bank, a spelling game, flashcards, things like that that are relevant specifically to educational tools. Um, and so it's, it's uh, with our luck that we can have Canvas here today. Um, and uh, Jared Stein is going to be here to talk to you guys about what they're doing in this space um, with Alexa. And so I'll invite Jared up on, on stage now to tell you guys about that.
4: Thank you, Jared. Thanks, Jeff. Hey guys, I work for Instructure. We make Canvas. Uh, Canvas is an online tool set that teachers use to help them teach and students use to help them learn. It's called a learning management system. Uh, A lot of you guys look like you're recently out of college or university, so you've probably experienced Canvas or something like it. Uh, Faculty use it to share files, uh, to post assignments, uh, to even to organize discussions and peer review activities and quizzes and all sorts of things. I travel to a lot of our client campuses, and I talk to a lot of faculty and IT folk. And I try to talk to students as much as possible. Um, when I talk to students and I ask them what they like best about Canvas, they say it helps my professors be more organized, which, which is great. And it's kind of a great segue uh, into this presentation. Now, Canvas has grown pretty fast in the uh, six or seven years that it's, it's been around. We're in over 1,500 colleges and universities around the world. And in the US here, we have about 30% of higher ed institutions using Canvas, which is, which is fantastic. And nearly all of these institutions uh, share this same goal of increasing what we call student success. Now, in the past, it may have been enough for higher ed institutions to get students in the door. And from there, it's kind of sink or swim. You guys are all adults. If you want to do the work, fine. But as higher education increasingly becomes sort of the de facto, the standard uh, for citizens in the US, we're looking at ways that we can increase student success. It's not just about teaching the students. It's about ensuring that they are learning the kinds of things that will help them achieve their goals and to persist in their studies and to graduate on time. Now, there's a lot of initiatives that institutions have to increase student success. One thing that's pretty clear is that what happens in the classroom, what happens between a teacher and a student and students and their peers is very predictive of whether or not they're going to graduate and how they're going to achieve. And so we think of it as our responsibility to make technology that supports those initiatives and helps students be engaged and be interactive. So let's talk a little bit about how Alexa fits in. Now, Canvas works on your laptop, it works in your web browser, whatever device you might be using. We have native mobile apps that are pretty awesome. Uh, And those things help lower the barrier and increase flexibility so that students can get into the system and participate and find out the things that they need to know. If there are new announcements, what their due dates are, if they're missing anything, all that good stuff. Um, But in a continuously connected world, we think, Kind of fighting against the distractions that we all face, uh, we gotta do more to reach out of the system and pull students in so that they're more aware of the things that are happening in their courses with their peers. And just in general, give them the information that they need so that we open the door for engagement. So, number one, when we look at Alexa, its ability for us to sort of pull information out of the air. For us to ask what's top of mind is a great opportunity for us to open that door for participation and engagement. And it's also a way for us to sort of realize our vision of Canvas as an open platform, one that doesn't just have open APIs, but that we ourselves use. We eat our own dog food to represent how institutions around the world and even individual users can innovate with Canvas without our permission. So we built a Canvas skill for Alexa, and uh, we just released it this last summer. Here's an overview of what it does and for the different roles that you may have inside of Canvas, whether you're a student or a teacher. In K through 12, you might be a parent, right? not so much in higher ed, unless your your parents are really dedicated to your success. We want to make sure that you can get your course announcements. We want to make sure that students can get their grades and know what might be missing in their courses. And all of this is predicated on faculty using Canvas in the first place. Now, what's beautiful is faculty use Canvas. They post their files. They create assignments. They don't have to do anything else. Alexa, the skill for Alexa, um, does all of the rest. So we're going to do a little demo here. And we're going to cross fingers, much like John did, uh, that this is going to work just fine. We'll see. Now, let's take a moment. Remember what it was like when you were a student. In fact, imagine that you are a student in college. Classes are over. You come back to your dorm or your apartment. You're relaxing a little bit. And your mind might start reviewing the things that happened during the day. You might start thinking about what you have to do this evening, what you have to do the rest of the week. What are the things that you might want to know about the courses you are enrolled in? What question might you want to ask? Anybody? What's due this week? What's due this week? OK, great. Alexa, oh, I'm sorry. i got to plug in the audio because we're using different dots. There we go. Alexa, open Canvas. Alexa, open Canvas. I'm not getting anything here. This might happen. It might just fail on us. Alexa, open Canvas. No. Let me try it without the remote. Alexa, open Canvas. Well, my dot seems to not be connected, so you have to imagine it. Yeah. Maybe we'll try it in a moment. We'll try one more time. Alexa, open Canvas. Yeah.
2: All right. Sorry, your Echo Dot lost its connection.
4: That's a bummer. All right. Well, we might try it later, see if it reconnects there on its own. But in the meantime, I can talk to you a little bit about how we built the skill. Uh, we started with problem validation with users. So we brought teachers, faculty members, students, uh, we even brought parents into our offices. We went out and talked to them. And we asked them to think kind of broadly about the same question that I asked you. Right? If you're a student, if you're a teacher, what are the kinds of things that might be top of, head, of, of mind? What are the kinds of things that you might want to know dynamically? And what are the things that might prompt you to engage in your courses? And then uh, we went about building the thing. So here's an architectural diagram, very simple, but the user uh, speaks to Alexa and Alexa, one, makes sure that you're authenticated into Canvas. And then on the Lambda server, it processes the, uh, the, the, the intent, the utterance, and talks to the Canvas API in order to get the data that it needs to deliver back to you. So we're actually using all pre existing open APIs for this. We didn't have to create any new APIs, which is sort of a testament to. Um, you know our our API t- capabilities to begin with, but we did find as we were building this out that we probably want to modify some of the APIs to deliver less data for these specific requests, just to make it faster. Right. So if I'm a faculty member and I've not been doing a good job grading my submissions, I might have hundreds of submissions to grade, and our APIs, you know, they send you all of that data. So we want to work on. Uh, pairing those APIs down so it's a little bit faster. That's one, one lesson that we learned here. But what's cool here is that um, because we're using OAuth, it's basically the same user profile, the same login and password uh, that students and teachers would be using to log in on their mobile device to their web browser. And in Canvas, you can see all of the services uh, that you have granted tokens to. And you can see Alexa right there at the top so that, as a user, you can manage that authorization to get that data back and forth. Here it is on the skill store. Like I said, we published it this summer. Mm, Those ratings, they're very mixed right now. (laughs) And uh, this was a lesson learned for us. All of those one-star reviews say the same thing. Ah, I don't know how to choose my school from the list of schools, right? Uh, so, we weren't very clear in terms of our instructions in the app, and that was such a small thing, but it was a barrier for folks using the skill uh, that, you know, even after we remedied, and in fact, some people in their, their subsequent reviews helped the other community members out. But that was, that was a great lesson learned for us, you know, just to kind of make sure that the documentation is super clear so people at least know how to, how to get started. Uh, but all of those five-star reviews are fantastic, and people are saying things like, you know, once I figured out how to select my school, it was smooth sailing, and that because I use Canvas so much, um, this skill is really perfect. So it's very encouraging for us, and it and it's uh, a great way for us to kind of focus on how we improve this this experience. Uh, one other thing here too is, you know, when we open this up for our community of Canvas users primarily IT folks, faculty, administrators, uh, they give us feedback as well. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that feedback in a moment in terms of lessons learned. But I did want to share some of the data here in terms of usage. Now, I've kind of enlarged the parts of the pie according to uh, what intents are getting used a lot. And number one is students asking about their grades. And number two is getting new announcements in their courses Followed by getting missing submissions. The, uh, the f- person who asked what's due this week, yeah, that's a popular request too, but not quite as popular as I think these items that, if you consider it, are related to the amount of stress you might have in your life, right? If you are a student and you're worried about your courses or you want to make sure everything's okay, you might be asking about your grades, you might be checking to see if anything's missing, you might be thinking about the current state before the future state. One other thing here to to note as well is we have uh, over 1,000 unique users here in a short period of time from about 400 institutions. So that shows that a lot of different institutions have some users trying this out, but usage is not very deep yet. So that's a challenge for us to try to figure out, how do we increase adoption at institutions? And for us as technologists, of course, we want people to use the software that we create. But we're an agent of the institution. And uh, you know we can't just reach out to students and faculty and say, use this new device, use this new skill. We work through the institutions. So that's really our first key learning. Adoption isn't automatic if you build it. They will come. That's kind of a myth. It's a a cute saying, but it's kind of a myth. And so you have to do things to actively uh, increase adoption. One thing we did that was very simple is we made a set of slides available for institutions to use in their digital signage on campus. If they're excited about the Canvas skill for Alexa, they can use any one of these slides or all three to advertise it to their students on campus. And another thing that we think we can do is place references to the Alexa skill inside of Canvas where students might be paying attention, like in their personal profile or when they set their outgoing notifications. That might be a good place to encourage students and faculty to use it. So that's key learning number one. I talked about administrators. I talked about the feedback we've gotten from them. Uh, Number two is to anticipate privacy concerns. And this is something that we actually Thought long and hard about before we even started developing the skill. Uh, we help protect students' personal data and faculty's personal data, but even so, and even talking with students and faculty, and even looking at the legal ramifications, we got some feedback from some folks who are concerned specifically about the grades' intent. And the scenario that's presented to me most often is if a student is sharing a dorm room with somebody else or they invite a friend over, and they have the Canvas skill uh, installed, enabled, then can't their roommate or their friend simply ask Alexa about their grades, and therefore reveal some of that personal information? And, and yeah, that's, that's true. Now, we try to communicate to users what's involved when you enable the skill and what happens. And we like to think that you know, students have some ability to understand this and make the right choice if they're going to have their dot in an open environment. But this feedback is good. You know? I mean, I think there, there's a quote by Albert Hubbard, um, do nothing, say nothing, be nothing, and you'll never be criticized. So you know, we, we have to continue to move things forward and to push the boundaries and to adapt the technology that we create based upon criticism and find that, that best middle ground. And then the final key learning here is to just do it. Now, because Canvas is used by so many different institutions around the world, um, we have a pretty hefty product plan. We have a lot of things that we're working on to improve, to enhance, to add, to find innovative new ways to engage students. And to be honest, even though there were folks in our product department who were excited about voice services, it was hard to get it onto the roadmap. Thank goodness we do this thing called Hack Week like I bet a lot of your uh, companies or organizations do, where the engineering department gets an entire week, several times a year, to work on a project of their choosing. The Canvas skill for Alexa was born out of Hack Week. And it really was this product manager, Matt Goodwin, who saw the vision, was super passionate about it, and working above and beyond the scope of that week and continuing on and doing a lot of work with these two engineers. on their. you know, on their weekends and in their evening time. They built this skill, they got it up and running, and they garnered support within our product org to make this a reality and to get it certified and published. So they just did it. You know, this was not an official roadmap item, but it had some internal support, and we made it happen. And it's one of those ways that we can extend beyond what people are asking for to a future that they may not yet realize. So let's talk a little bit about what we have for the future. Number one is we, we're going to address those privacy concerns probably with a personal uh, a, a PIN, right? A, a number or a passcode that users can say to sort of protect uh, the, the Canvas skill from others accessing it. Also, because we are a global company and this, this product is used around the world, uh, we need to solve some cross region deployment. Uh, issues. We don't want to have a different version of the Canvas skill for every international region. So that's a a task for us to solve. Interestingly, we've gotten the most encouragement and feedback uh, about the skill from the United Kingdom so far. They're super excited about this. Third is we want to increase students' awareness inside of Canvas. I talked about this a little bit, how we might tell students via their profile or their notification settings that there is available to them the Canvas skill for Alexa. And then finally, we want to grow teacher adoption. Now, one of the things I've learned from uh, my background working with faculty and technology is that the greatest motivator to adopt technology is the students. And so when we think about how faculty members can benefit from Alexa and the Echo, uh, the Echo devices, right? Uh, we're looking at ways that they can be more interactive, that they can also be more engaged, so that students have a better experience and greater responsiveness from their faculty. So that's what we're doing with Canvas and the Canvas skill for Alexa. Thanks so much for your attention this morning, guys.